You are listening to CORE, a show on Code Zero Radio that plays bands located in the Fox Cities, a show to find and discover new music. Hosted by Andy McNamara. Hello and welcome to Fox Cities CORE here on WCZR Code Zero Radio. We're a streaming radio station serving the Fox Cities area and beyond. On this show, Fox Cities Core, we like to feature Fox Cities Entertainment and get down into the weeds with those very, very granular questions. During the show, if you've got a question for our guests, you can call us at 920-358-0795. But I would like to start by talking a little bit about a Coca Coffee. Got a graphic up in Appleton, Wisconsin. Alcoca, if you've never been there, you're missing out. They're the longest uh, serving coffee roaster and cafe in the Fox Cities. They're serving breakfast and lunch Wednesday through Sunday. You can dine in or take out. Uh, last year, they expanded and updated their College Avenue location. So if you haven't been there in a while, I suggest you go check it out. Go see the upgrades. Uh, the biggest change is the full kitchen, and that allows them to significantly add to their food. So a Coca Coffee, 500 West College Avenue, right next door to the Appleton Performing Arts Center. Yeah. All right. Next guests, the beginnings of leading the blind can be traced back to the late 1990s with Marty Patchke. He formed a band called Blind. Blind eventually disbanded in 2001. And Marty continued to write songs. And in 2008, he formed a new project called Leading the Blind. Uh, the lineup did have some uh, some lineup changes over the years with Eric Krieger hopping on board in 2010 and then David Kylie and eventually Mike Sinclair. The band has a uh, it, the band is a rock powerhouse and it's playing shows all over the region. They currently have three full-length albums out and an EP under their belt. I'd like to welcome to Fox City's core Marty Patchke, Eric Krieger and Mike St. Clair from Leading the Blind. Thanks for having us, Andy. Yep, yep thank you. Thanks for hopping on. Um you guys have been playing the area for quite some time. You you all have rich histories, which we can get into. And I know we had, I'm going to mention we had Eric Krieger on a couple of years ago, yeah. one of the first episodes of, yeah, of right. Fox City's Core. So um, I'll start off by just saying that you guys, if you're looking for like a, a rock band in the area, you open the book to Fox City's rock bands and Leading the Blind should be right there on the top of the page too kind too kind right if somebody asked you to explain what kind of music is leading the blind what how would you answer i would say hard rock rock and roll straight up yeah you guys agree i would say so yeah what do you think <laughs> yeah i mean i think it's kind of like um we're kind of 90s kids right you know yeah. so it kind of you can kind of tell the roots are yeah grungy rooted in the the 90s scene yeah, we've we've heard um, like a cross between grunge influences and then like Mike and Dave and I, not to speak for us, but we kind of bring this more indie, progressive, guess, progressive Midwest indie rock sort of thing to weirdness. Yeah, weirdness, kind of off time signatures sometimes and whatever to some of the melodies that Marty brings from the grunge influences, right? So it's kind of a cool. Hodgepodge. Some harmonies. Mm -hmm. That's good. 
love so, the harmonies. So when did when did you start playing music, Marty? Oh, I suppose around fourth grade. Uh, took some guitar lessons from a teacher out by Freedom where I grew up, Miss Stefani. It's great. Shout out. Yep. <laughs> Taught me how to play and sing, play some chords, sing some songs. It's all good. Michael rode to the rode the boat ashore. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you eventually started Blind. Yes. And in Blind, the the music is pretty similar to Leading the Blind as far as style. You were inspired by, like you mentioned, a lot of the the grunge and, and stuff from the oh yeah the nineties. When Eric came along. Not to jump too far ahead, you had been out of Blind for quite some time. Were you looking to get a band together? Well, we started playing with, um, um, so I play, we played in another band, a cover band. And so we're playing tunes with those guys. And I'm like, why don't you guys, why don't we just play some Blind tunes? And actually, we were playing with Jimmy Van Oat. He was a bass player for Blind. And uh, so he was playing in the cover band with us, and we just had a different drummer. And so, yeah, that's where we uh, decided to start playing blind tunes again. So when you're you're playing with you're playing the cover songs, this is pre Milo Music when when it, some yeah, people oh, thought yeah. cover song was like a dirty word. Right, <laughs> so, right. Um, when when you decided you were gonna get you know get some people together and, and start start leading the blind was there any kind of talk about maybe being a, a cover band original oh, no. hybrid no no yeah um just strictly original yeah for sure um blind actually played a bunch of cover tunes we did a we had a three-hour show you know or a four-hour thing and played a bunch of uh grunge songs and new rock songs and um, but then we also mixed in, we had probably two hours of material that were all original. And then we'd also play, you know, just all original shows. And we also played our typical all night shows. Um, but when to, to, to go back and start the leading the blind, it was like, this is just going to be all original. And that's, yeah. So that's what it's been. And Eric was technically the the second member of Leading the Blind. What did Eric bring that was different from the original incarnation of Blind? Well, when we started the Leading the Blind thing with uh, Top Jimmy and Pat Whitevin, we're the three-piece like Blind was, and um, Krieger would come to the shows, and I'd be like, come on up and sing this one with us, and he would just start, he, he started adding in just harmonies for, for, for some of the tunes, and then eventually just brought his guitar and there we were, four piece. And I think yeah. that's what signature thing of leading the blind too is Eric's harmonies. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was something that that you were doing right from the right from the get go. Yeah, because going back to the cover band thing, <clears throat> when we were playing those songs, that was pretty much how I I learned them. Obviously, like we just started playing, somebody would say, "Marty, you should play this old blind tune," or he would bring it up, like, "Yeah, we're going to play one of these songs." And I had the record. I actually. I knew who Marty was from going back to Akoka. So prior to, and it used to be called Beaners, my brother uh, ran it back in the day, and Blind played a show there then too. So um, I was familiar with some of those older songs, and then as we were doing that in the cover band, A-Town Unplugged, Maritime, um, every week I would get exposed to those tunes. 
And then once LTB started, yeah, they'd say, come up and sing this. And I'd have the harmonies in my head. I'm like, all right. The next thing you know is, yeah, bring the guitar. And mm-hmm. started writing some more songs together. And then you ended up kind of bringing in a couple people that you knew into the into the band yeah um like due to work commitments like top jimmy and pat i mean just busy guys and um i had a couple of of heavy hitters in my rolodex that i wanted to bring aboard they came to my head right away like great bass player and david kiley and this guy on the drums mike st Clair. um he was in a band called scarlet escape which is fantastic and um you know, and we realized that Jimmy had commitments and Pat had commitments. It just kind of worked its way into what we were doing, especially on that first record. Um, well, we had like three or four songs recorded with Jimmy, and then oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Dave came aboard and finished the record because Jimmy didn't have the time. Then after that, I think it was shortly after we got that record done, we played a release show at Maritime. It was May of um, 2013. I think your first show with us was Mile that summer, right? 2013 i think so it like by be. august so like it kind of it was a very been, yeah. like rapid succession of an evolution there but it's all about playing songs that's right so your, your first album was into the wasteland into the modern wasteland yeah and you recorded all the all your albums you've recorded at rock garden studios yeah mm-hmm. is there a reason that you picked rock garden and and a reason why you continue to to record there um, well, actually, like even the Blind album we did with Mark Goldie when he was at that Bonsai Studios, and Mark's great to work with. Um, I like his input. He, uh, especially for what I want to do or what we want to do, um, pretty just easy and uh, get it recorded, not too concerned about, you know, some small mistakes, and Mark's always really good at pointing out what really needs to be taken care of as far as like if there's a mistake that one's good you can't even hardly hear it um or like he'll come out and say there's something going on here that's no good you know (laughs) you have to play something different and you know so i always enjoyed his input and um yeah it's easy to work with and we get it get it done fast and fast and easy Mm -hmm. Mike, you've been pretty quiet over there, but when you joined the band, you're a drum powerhouse. Yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was that hard for for uh, Marty and Eric for you guys to get used to at first with all of a sudden Mike's back there clobbering a little oh, harder than you're used to? Well, it is. It's not even that. It's um, the way that his, uh, his rhythm is, which is awesome, but it's hard for me to uh, sometimes like really... Um, find out where his pocket is and stuff like that compared to like um you know past drummers which is like super easy to find the pocket he he's got a little bit of a different style and it's it's awesome it's super hardcore rock and roll comes from the up yeah that's where it comes from it's, it's unique bit, though it's that's a little what, bit different it's awesome a little bit northern so, so mike how was leading the blind different from scarlet escape um well, I mean, every project's a little bit different, you know. I like it that it's a little bit more straightforward, um, but I do have a—I just have a weird style about me, you know. Like, I don't think I could play just straight beats, you know, and be satisfied. I guess, you know, like I—I I guess I get bored and just want to play play in the pocket a little bit more. So that's like where my downbeat is. It's kind of 
you know, on in the pocket, I guess you would say. And obviously, you were a fan of, of the band before joining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a fan of these guys. Um, Scarlet Escape played our, the first time we ever played in front of people. It was at an open mic at the Maritime um, where the Creeps were hosting. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we got up there and, like, I don't even know. Like, it was probably... Um, I kind of like remember that. 2003, maybe, you know, 2004. Right. Um, must have been 2004 because we were living here. Um, but yeah, that was the first time we ever, it was, it was the, the fall, you know, and like we just hopped up there and played, like we had like two songs written, mm-hmm. played those two songs and played a couple covers, you know, right. that, that we just winged and yep. like it was awesome. Yeah, like, it was awesome. I remember that. Huh. So that's going back, you know, seven, 17, 18 years now almost, oh. which is crazy. Totally. You guys have any ambition to put out a greatest hits album? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. Well, considering Marty was supposed to retire uh, in 2020 because the whole, it was a sort of an inside joke with leading the blind. You'd be blind, you get your sight, (laughs) 2020 vision. Horrible joke in retrospect, but we keep them going. So, I mean, there's more hits to write. Krieger. It's all Krieger's (laughs) fault. Sorry about that, you guys. You ought to apologize to everybody, Krieger. It's your fault. It is all my fault. I do apologize, everybody. (laughs) Sorry about that. So after Into the Modern Wasteland, which had, you guys had a video, um, uh, Gray, I think yeah. it was the title. Black and Gray. Black and Gray. Gray video was a, a studio kind of video of you guys in the studio. And I talked to Eric last time he was on the show about seeing you guys play at, at Mill Creek when it was Mill Creek. And they would put the video up on the screen and the band would play along. And I said I was, in that interview, I said I was blown away that you guys beat for beat matched up perfectly. There was no like sinking away from the video and, and eric credited mike for that um so i would also it. credit uh tony who was playing the video because my guess he would almost be oh the vj yeah he would the be a uh, jockey right he would be uh I, he could have sped it up at times and kept it you know in line possibly i don't know it was it was amazing though because yeah. you see when bands do that i mean i didn't see the video while we were playing right. so i have no idea yeah just, i was just playing the song had my eyes closed probably yeah bunch of elephants upstairs but so after into the modern wasteland you guys released in through the red door in 2015 cool thing you guys put that one out on vinyl mm-hmm. and you guys did a ton of stuff around that period you did rocker and live mm-hmm uh, I believe Mark Oldie did a listening. Um, I don't know if it was private or if it was public, but he actually had his set up with the the nice big speakers and played the album. Was that kind of kind of crazy to hear your music coming out of a turntable? He well, at at home, yeah. But he did that himself. That was a that was a thing that he did in the studio. I think to break his speakers in, from what I remember him saying, which is pretty cool. I remember remember seeing that post. Um, but yeah. Getting it. That was definitely my first, at least, full-length album. Um, like Sunday Flood did some seven inches and stuff like that. But yeah, getting a, a nice big slab of vinyl is a cool experience for sure. Right. Would yeah, you, that was a goal. Would you guys consider doing vinyl again? I, I think you. That was the only album you did vinyl. Right? Yeah. It's a little expensive, so yeah, it's pretty tough. And there's a timeline now. It seems like there's such a demand for that. A lot of the presses are backed up, from what I understand. So. We would have to, I mean, we could realistically do that for the next record since we don't have much of it written. <laughs> we could plan ahead and be like, hey, 
in a year and a half when the plants are caught up, we could have a final record out. But. Well, also we'd have to play some shows and sell some merch to <laughs> raise some money for it. Yeah, so. All works together. Right. Do you guys like doing merch? Is uh, that something that, that the band enjoys or is that something that is sort of a, one of the nuisances of... Well, I... I typically forget about it, and Krieger's like, hey, did you bring the merch pin? I'm like, oh, no, forgot all about it. But thankfully, we have a resource by the name of Crazy Tom yeah, Hammond. No kidding. Who, uh, who keeps us on the straight and narrow <laughs> for a lot of things. Right. And I was going to talk about Crazy Todd uh, a little bit later, but let's talk about him now. He was a big fan of your band, Blind. Right. And, of course, he ended up, he's almost like a fifth member of the band. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a little clip here I'm just going to play. Oh, boy. This was um, from Gabriel Productions. This was on PBS. Yeah. I, I isolated all the Todd parts. Cool. So yeah. to, to give the viewers a little a little idea of who uh, Todd Van Hammond is, here, right. here we go. Ever since it's the band started, it was always just they really wanted to just focus on writing and playing music. So anything else that comes up, emails, website, you know, um, if there's any contracts needed for shows, all of our recording sessions, you know, making, uh, booking the time at the studio and, and handling payments. So it's, you know, handling the finances and keeping the bankroll of what we've got for the next recording session. So we've just been in this mode of write a new record, put it out, play some shows. Generally, Eric and Marty are writing all the songs, so they get together, just the two of them, and they're working on new material. The band will go in the studio, and we have other songs kind of that they've been working on, so they will record full band versions of those same songs, along with other new songs, and then have another full length. They kind of does a good job of kind of telling what Todd does. Yeah. That could have been the show right there, Andy. Thanks. <laughs> have a good day. <laughs> it sums so, it up, though. So that was, can you tell me about that? Because that was a, a segment, and that aired on, on PBS. Mm -hmm. How did you get involved in that, and what exactly was it? <laughs> um, it we got an invitation from um, actually one of our old roommates, uh, Mike Olin is his mm -hmm. name. Um, super good dude. He um, has been around for years, just around all of our bands. Um, Appleton guy moved back and forth from here in Milwaukee quite often, and he lived with us at the Sunday Flood House back in what 2007 to 10. That was when the Scarlet Escape House was going on. Mm -hmm. um, he's into photography and audio video and what have you, and. I think that invitation came through um, a project they were doing from UW-Milwaukee, like the film school. And there was like in collaboration with PBS Milwaukee. So um, somebody reached out and said, you know, we'd love to learn a little bit more about your band. We've heard great things. And um, they came up and hung out and filmed us at practice. And we chatted a little bit about what we do. So it's very cool. It's really, really well done. Yeah, they did a great job. You guys have done a lot of other cool things as well the rock garden live can you tell me about about that experience yeah it was yeah. real good yeah um <laughs> that was the one with the uh in the round right yeah yeah that's, yeah that's before we knew anything about a tv show happening or anything right that was, was the just, release show for in through the red door it was just going to be a fun release show right do it done in the round yeah right cool 
And Mark recorded it, obviously. My, my future brother-in-law was sitting right behind me, and I, I just met him right before the show. And um, he's a drummer. So, you know, he's like sitting right behind me and I was just like, oh, you know, I can't, I can't screw up, you know, like, I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta impress this guy I just met. And like, <laughs> yeah. So I was nervous. I was nervous as hell like, the whole time. But yeah. it um, was, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was, it like wasn't a, really it was cool. just a big like gathering. And I mean, I think that it went hand in hand with the timeline of like Mark's concept for the show. And it just worked out that he's like, yeah, we'll do this. And we already had it planned with Crazy Todd as far as like we had food and beers available oh we had a bunch of friends and we just wanted to have a celebration of a new album that's yeah. right cd release and party that's, that's really why it's called a party yeah and then having it in the round obviously is super cool i just love that vibe it's kind of like practicing um but with a bunch of people surrounding you and it was a great turnout too awesome yeah it was a lot of fun yeah i was in attendance that night all right I remember as, yeah as yeah. before they put the kibosh on the the kegs but right they had the kibosh <laughs> on the kegs yeah eventually the kegs got shut down and it's a oh no bring your I, own i made that keg yeah you did. yeah that was right he so made, it was a bring your own he brewed of. a special yeah. batch of what we called leading the beer <laughs> oh yeah you guys had pint glasses yeah. too yeah, yeah right i should have had mine ready today mm-hmm. yeah. so, so you did that um you've played at pretty much all the big festivals around the area is is there a festival in particular that that you look forward to every year well, of course, Mile of Music, and yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, we have played Oktoberfest. I think we're gonna. Are we playing Oktoberfest this year? We are. Yeah, we were supposed to obviously last year, and then things happened with that lack of volunteers, what have you. So they basically just took everybody who was booked last year and are moving it up the calendar year. So we have that coming up. All um, right, we got a gig. Do you, Do you notice the difference between Oktoberfest and Mile of Music crowds? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. For me, like, it's just, obviously, there's a different dynamic of having people in the road versus, like, you know, multiple bars and other outdoor stages. That's the biggest difference. But I think we, we like playing music anywhere we can. That's right. So mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. Like, just playing songs. We like playing music with our friends. <laughs> we do. In Mile Music, do you find yourself selling a lot of merch at Mile? That would be a great question for Crazy Todd. no as far as i know yeah it's been good you know um we've got yeah different batches of shirts and we've got all these um releases now and then having the vinyl available is good um so yeah between that and then obviously Bandcamp, we sell through that exclusive company and um leading the blind rock.com i think we we sell a fair share so we have what we call the band kitty and that is our our funds that we use for future endeavors like maybe putting out another vinyl um but also yeah eric and i re- when we recorded the uh the ep acoustic duo thing it was kind of to because we'd be playing our acoustically at mile of music and people would come up and want to buy a cd and they're not getting what we just played they're getting like a full rock band album so Krieger had the idea to, we should uh, record some songs just acoustically. And then therefore, if we play a, a duo show, well, this is kind of like what you're hearing, you know, rather than the hard rock um, leading the blind albums. So that's the album Into the Hollow. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Into the Hollow into the middle of an acoustic guitar? Is that? It is. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then our plan would be to, out of the hollow, would be the same songs recorded as a full rock band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good, Possibly. Good point to show you guys for our segment that we like to do called Band Reaction. Oh, boy. Uh, we play a clip of a previous guest, and then we get your reaction. This one's a little different. During COVID, we did a few shows. We tried doing a few shows over Zoom. Didn't like it. You'll hear why, just in some of the confusion here. But the band you're about to hear is a band out of Madison, Wisconsin, called Zeroed Hero. They've played up here a few times. Let's hear what they have to say and get your reaction. Band Reaction. Band Reaction. Are you guys going to start doing okay. singles instead of a full album? And, and do you think that singles is the way to go in today's age, or do you still prefer releasing full albums? I mean, if you could do it again, would you release Love Letters to Mannequin? I think we're going to leak it up, to, you know. <laughs> leak it and then put the whole thing out? <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I mean, and, 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 you it, you never I, know. I don't know. I think it really depends on what what your goals are and what you're trying to do and all this kind of a thing. And and because there's pluses and minuses from a from a promotional, I suppose, approach. There's pluses and minuses to both, right? And and for for what's going on right now, it just seems like putting out singles on a you know on a regular basis or a semi regular basis just kind of feels like it's the right it's it's an appropriate thing to do right now you know having grown up on vinyl i'm i'm a sucker for albums you know i mean and and because that was in my mind that's that's how music was formed in in my consciousness for me it was you've you've got this black disc of magic and it's got eight or ten songs on it and but but that's evolved over time and that's not that's not the way music exists for people anymore. And so, who's to say? Your reaction? Who is to say? Yeah. You know, like I, I'm from that, you know, that school of thought too. Like I like albums, mm-hmm. but like that isn't how people digest music anymore. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is. I always enjoyed full albums because the way that it's laid out a good album you have ups and downs and you listen to the full thing and the best ones the best albums you can listen to the album front to back and over and over yeah Yeah. and like there's parts of the album that are weird and you go down brings you back up on the next song that's pretty cool. But that being said, like Mike said, people don't digest music that way anymore. They, um, you know, they want to just buy their favorite song and listen to that one and put it on a playlist with a bunch of other songs. Mm-hmm. So, um, although the recording process, we get a bunch of songs together, go into the studio and record them all. So, therefore, we would have you know, do a block of four and another block of four and we'd have eight, 
or a block right. of five and another block of five, we'd have ten, which would be a full album. Yeah, and to that point, I guess we never just thought, let's just put that one song out for now. I think we've always wanted to have them be a group of cohesive tunes. Yeah, Leading the Blind seems to be an album band, which is kind of, yeah, it's kind of how I am too, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, the Greatest Hits album definitely should be <laughs> put out on vinyl. <laughs> it's coming. What year? Oh. Call it out right now. Oh. 2030. Right. How do you guys feel about the crowdfunding? And have, have you ever done crowdfunding on an album? Mm-mm. No, we haven't. I don't even know what that is. It'd be like, you know, pay pay 40 bucks, 50 bucks, get like a CD when it comes out. It's kind of collecting the money up front. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never considered. Maybe, for the, maybe we'll do that for the Greatest Hits album. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I don't know, I mean, I, I've never really given it much thought. I think we're just so used to the way that we do it, where we write songs and we just record them and we take whatever money we have available and then just, like it's just like Todd said in that interview, it's just like this cycle of creation and, you know, recording them and hopefully playing out and repeat. Mm-hmm. Get some gigs. Yep. Earn some money there. I mean, that said, if anybody wants to throw us some money, that's we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Put that yeah, in the, no the kitty. I, yeah, for sure. Marty and Eric, you guys sang the national anthem at the Timber Rattler Stadium a while back. Was that under the Leading the Blind banner or was that It was. Yeah, it was it was four mile music. Yep. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That had to be a crazy experience and, and was it like people talk singing in places like that, you get reverb and echo. Was that kinda hard to, to practice for that? Did they let you practice in the stadium at all? No. No. Yeah. We, and it was kinda weird. Yeah. Looking back at it. Right. Just go through with it. Yep. Keep we, going. Yeah, they handed us a microphone, and we're like, we're going to put you right here yep. and uh, turn towards the crowd. And we're like, okay, we're just going to we're gonna go for it. We, um, we've we sang it before with um, one of the guys from Aton Unplugged, Rodney Zimmerman, who's a, another powerhouse uh, musician. So we've done a three-part harmony thing with that. We did that at um, Sunset Park in Kimberly for like a national softball Oh, yeah. tournament or something yeah. like that this is like probably 2008 or something along those lines it was a long time ago so then when we got the invite from from the guys at mile we were like absolutely so we ran through it with a two-part harmony and we're actually currently trying to uh be able to sing the national anthem say at like a brewer game yes or lambo yeah bucks game anybody's got the hookup let us know do you have a lot of family and friends that went to that timber rattler performance um crazy todd van hammond of course he's, he's your manager yeah. yesterday <laughs> my yeah. my family had the wrong time oh, they didn't, no. they Did didn't they make really? it yeah oh. yeah they were, they were tailgating in the parking lot <laughs> right they get to the next game that doesn't look like marty yeah you, you guys have also done um i know mike I'm sorry i'm leaving you out a bunch no, here but cool. Um, Marty and Eric, you guys have done um, the local Five Live a bunch of times. They're f- friends over there at local Five Live. Yeah. Um, have you ever considered getting the full band in the studio? Absolutely. It would be great. I mean, if so far, yeah, if it's feasible, right? Yeah, is it a possibility? I don't know. Yeah, it seems like it's pretty um, acoustic, bit-driven. Like, I haven't really seen much full rock and roll there. But, I mean, you know, what would really be cool is if they did a remote thing where we're at a... Um, 
you know, like a venue like Gibson Music Hall or something like that where they would have us remote because I think in the TV studio itself it'd be pretty hard to pull off. Yeah, like I don't think they really have the sound equipment. Um, I, what last time? How did the first time we like plugged in our guitars and did we have mics and stuff? Um, you know, we did. We plugged in when we were on Fox Eleven for Good Day Wisconsin, and then the two times we were on Local Five Live, we did. The last time we had a microphone just in front of us. Oh, we no had guitars, those clip-ons. And then we had clip-ons for right. the, the last time, yeah, yep. for vocal. Yeah, so it's like, like I don't think they really have like a sound right. board and, you know, separate mics. And and we'd probably have to tranquilize this guy to get him to, <laughs> to hold back a little bit on the volume. Yeah. But. We've got a question, you guys. You're on the air with Leading the Blind. What's your question? Oh, a call. Hi, I was just wondering what are some of your most memorable experiences when you're on tour or during the show, like if you've had any crazy stories that have happened along the way. Um, thanks. Oh, huh. crazy stories. Go for it. Do, um, I, I don't know if I have one. Jamaica has one. Krieger's oh. <laughs> <laughs> the one. What? You got a crazy story, don't you? Um. I suppose if I yeah go through the memory banks, I'm thinking specifically for leading the blind though. Right. I, mean, I would add, like honestly just have to say the rock garden live thing was definitely the going back to that. That was just a really neat experience, you know. Hmm. Just everything about it, the vibes there were awesome. Well, I'm barely paying attention usually, so I don't even know what's going on except for <laughs> just playing tunes. Sorry about that. Um, the two rock garden record release shows yeah. were both really good. Yeah, the second one we were running the round. We were just yeah, we were just in the like front. That's not a crazy story, though. Not really, it's though. Not yeah. <laughs> Sorry about the, that. You know, I guess releasing the first record too at Maritime, Marty built a stage. Oh yeah. I mean, that was like, you know, kind of that transition, that beautiful, wonderful room that we had as a resource for rock shows and. John was all about it. He's like, this is so cool, putting a stage in here. And I don't know, the vibe of that show is awesome. Um, I mean, there's other stories, too, where I saw Scarlet Escape and Mike broke a stick and accidentally launched it and it lodged underneath my eyeball under my glasses. It and it like, stuck like this. It was stuck in your face. Like that, a, was, that was a crazy story. Like it broke like a, like a dagger. Like yeah. It was sharp. And he was doing like one of these things, I think, and like, you know, just was throwing it out to keep grabbing another fresh stick. And all of a sudden, like, I was watching, like, usually do, because Scarlet's Grave is a great band. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. I'm like, yeah, all right, this is great. And then all of a sudden, Pfft! and I opened my eyes and I just saw this object, like, <laughs> in my cheek. Like, is this real? And then everybody kind of looked at me and was like, dude are you okay i still feel bad about oh, it oh no i have it was, no idea how the hell like, you know what that went that way that's no. a that's a rock and roll battle scar dude <laughs> no eyes were lost that day no. And, no. Then, and then john had that stick behind the bar like, yes it was, he it, kept that as like a that, like inch of blood <laughs> on it like forever yeah. stained you to know, remind you like blood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was, to make you feel bad every I time i switched wood after that too oh, i don't no. use that, that white oak anymore uh, yeah all right that was pretty that was a pretty crazy story though i guess yeah that's crazy in terms of craziness well thanks so. thanks for the call we've got a question comment from bob minter of course the architect of codes yes. of radio mm -hmm. he says he's got a tech question was the vocal part on the intro to mexico hard to sing that quiet was the mic distance fairly critical 
Are McDonald's fries better than Wendy's? Hmm. <laughs> I'm not much of a fry eater. Oh, man. I go for another cheeseburger over the fries. Oh, but, um, double up on the meat. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, boy, it was... No, I didn't do anything different in the beginning part of Mexico. I just... Maybe Mark uh, brought it down, but I didn't try to sing quietly or anything, I don't think. Right. And same with the mic position. It was the same as always, right up to the uh, whatever that filter thing is there yeah, but it's a great question though bob because i mean it is just a different part traditionally than like what we do you know what i mean like we're usually full on full band at all times granted there's dynamics and stuff with our music but i mean that's like one of the only songs that has like a intro with just guitar and vocal so it's it's got that kind of quieter vibe till the full band kicks in right mm -hmm. yeah We've got another call here. You're oh, on the air with geez. Leading the Blind. What's your question? Hey, guys. Um, yeah, I know that uh, Eric is working on uh, some solo stuff and always has about 8 million projects going on. I'm um, just wondering if uh, anyone else is doing the same. Uh, Marty, do you have anything going on? Mike, are you doing anything else on the side? Um, you know, just anything like that. Are you guys doing anything that's kind of tangential to uh, Leading the Blind? Um, no. <laughs> I just rely on Krieger because he's the best. Oh, and come on now. <laughs> I can't do it on my own. I need uh I need the harmonies. So um yeah, that's yeah. Well and thank you for the call. That's a, a good point, Eric. You're working on some solo yeah. material right now? Yeah, I um <clears throat> I recorded on Monday with uh, with Amos Pitch at Crunch of Crunch of Memory, and um, I did eight songs. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna put those out in the spring. Um, I just yeah, I guess to the caller's question or point, I usually have quite a few projects going on, and I've never really done anything by myself before. I've always had somebody helping out, which I totally like, but. So like, you know, I'm just going to try just putting some songs out. And I mean, a lot of them are going to end up being something else, I'm sure. Um, like Mike and I have been talking about doing other projects together for a long time. We kind of had a a band, quote unquote, and we had a good five or six songs written called Car Barn with David <laughs> Kiley, um, who is our bass player. Obviously, we haven't mentioned him. We should probably talk about Dave more. Yeah. And his, Hi, uh, Dave. And his... Um, appreciation of hot wheels specifically um but yeah we're we've got we've got a handful of those songs with dave and i think that you know we're just busy being dads and obviously with leaving the blind and um you know our work commitments and all that stuff and raising our families but we're gonna get those songs going and hopefully put them out and play shows too with that um hey krieger when um will we be able to have a copy of your solo album uh, that's a good question, Marty. If everything goes well, I would say April. April, okay. Looking yeah. forward. Yeah. It's, it sounds like it's going to be something that we all should check out. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> feel free. It'll be cool. We have another question here. It's from DJ Bear. <laughs> He's the host of Amped Up Tuesday nights. If uh, you haven't listened to the show, the Bears got lots of great music on, including a lot of Leading the Blind. The show airs right before the newest edition of Code Zero Radio, the Ike Rumba Show. Amped Up starts at 7 p.m. every Tuesday night. Check it out. His question, I love the track The Weight. 
has been lifted. On the live video of The Weight Has Been Lifted, recorded at Rock Garden Studio, you talk about at the beginning of the song that those words being written on a piece of drywall. Can you explain a little further how that song came to be from what? Hmm. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> there was a piece of drywall at Pat's house <laughs> that said the weight has been lifted. That is inaccurate. This was, this was when you were redoing your basement and you needed a hand lifting drywall. So I, we went to Menards, we got a bunch of drywall, we were bringing it downstairs, and then we saw the, the phrase on that my, drywall. It was at my house? It was at your house. So I thought it accurate, was at P-Dub's yeah, house when he was redoing his uh, this was you. other room. Yeah, huh. this was at your place. All right, Checks yeah. and balances. I don't know exactly. if I agree. Am Keeping I, this guy I don't know here. if I'm in agreement with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Since I barely ever pay attention, you're probably right, Krieger. Yep. <laughs> Wait, so that, that song is about drywall? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Indirectly. I had no idea. Indirectly. Yep. But, you know, it turned it into something else, obviously. Yeah, lyrically, I think we shifted into obviously telling a different story, but it was kind of cool the way that that phrase influenced, you know, the lyrical content. I don't know. That's kind of been a fun part of helping you write, I think, is like Marty will have a phrase or I'll have one, and we kind of bounce ideas off each other and how it's going to flow into the next part. So when we bring it to Dave and Mike, it's like, that's when the magic happens. Yeah, it's know. fun hashing out uh, lyrics. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, you know, like Krieger said, just trying to figure stuff out. And uh, yeah, it's a good time. Is everybody in the band, or is everybody a dad in the band? Yes. Yep. D does that affect the band in any way as far as the songwriting? Did you, when you're writing song lyrics, are you kind of reflecting differently on possibly like when you're writing blind songs? I'm going to go with no, not for me personally. Um, you know, like m maybe a lot of people write songs about something specifically, and Krieger's actually always trying to make me do that. You should write a song about this. And <laughs> all I'm doing is just trying to come up with cool-sounding phrases, and eventually the song has a meaning to it. Um, that's my process. I'm not really... Like I said, I'm barely paying attention the way it is, so <laughs> it's just all random stuff. I'm going to go in a little different direction here. We talked about Mike's awesome hammering of the drums. You guys practice in a space similar to this. It's a it's kind of a bricked basement. Do you guys wear ear protection when you practice? I do. So do I, yep. unless I forget it, which is probably 70% of the time. Mm -hmm. So, I didn't until like my 30s, but then ever since getting the ringing in the ears, you know, you, you realize you have to do something, otherwise you're going to be deaf someday. Yeah. Especially, you know, you don't, sometimes it's too late when you, when you notice you've got a problem. Yeah. Do you wear ear protection when you play live shows? I don't personally. I haven't made that jump yet, but I'm sure it's coming. There's just something about I've got to, and to my own detriment, probably eventually I'll, I'm going to pay for it. But it helps me. I've got to be able to hear everything the right way somehow, like clearly. And obviously, <laughs> if I don't use protection soon, I'm not going to be able to hear everything as clearly. But I've got to be able to hear the vocals. I've got to be able to hear, you know, the rhythm section well. And and you guys, leading the blinds, very harmony specific. You and Marty are doing harmonies pretty much every song. Um, do, does that make it challenging to focus on guitar when you're playing the guitar? Is it obviously any little thing that sounds off is going to 
kind of throw your rhythm off a little bit. Hmm. I used to have a problem with it because I would get hung up either on vocals or guitar, and then whatever one I was focusing on at the time, the other would, uh, you know, be not as good. But now I just like playing music with my friends, so yeah. I'm not even worried about anything except for doing the best I can, yeah. and it doesn't matter. Just uh, just go with it. I and think that's right. No, go ahead. Actually, you you even like end up. Um, being able to do it without even thinking, just playing and singing. That, that's where I was going to go with it. Is that the way we write songs usually is like on acoustic guitars, and you know, like when we're singing and writing, kind of hashing out the parts. I think once one of us has a vocal melody, it's pretty. We've been doing this for a long time. We've been singing together since like 2004, so we kind of just know where our vocals are um, without really thinking about it. There's like a very intuitive force that's going on. So I think it's just more about like muscle memory at that point with guitar lines, if that makes sense. We have a special treat coming up. We're just kind of getting getting it ready right now. I'm Marty and Eric are going to play us a live song. So this is where I get to just talk to Mike a little bit, the right. drummer from Leading the Blind. Mike, do you find it difficult in these situations when uh, Eric and Marty... Kind of, they have their own thing. It's almost like they can read each other's mind. Right. Uh, do you ever get intimidated by that and wonder if they're thinking about you when you don't know it? Um, I never you know. Now I am. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't before. But... Mike, jeez. I barely pay attention. Yeah. I don't even know what's going on half the time. Well, I mean, you, you guys do have. You can tell you guys have a bond. And. I don't know. It's it seems like if if you're you know David or Mike, maybe sometimes, you know, it's like you guys are doing all this other stuff together, and but Mike, you're saying there's not a problem with that. I'm trying to stir up stuff here and, yeah. and being unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like I, I think like the community that we're all we all came up in, um, like the Maritime, um, was such a, a close knit uh, circle of friends, and like I, I kind of felt at home like right away. Like mm -hmm. I thought all, all these people I was meeting were amazing, and um, felt at home from day one. You know, and it's it's a it's a rare thing in the music community. You know, I never felt that anywhere else. Yeah, um, and, and there's like this, you know, it builds off of that with like the the relationship of Sunday Flood and Scarlet Escape too. We're very tight and played a bunch of shows together and put a split CD out together and there's the same like similar cloth that were cut from I think to that point right absolutely maritime yeah. and I mean Dave too obviously I've been playing with him um, as long as I have with Marty too so yeah there's a lot of years we're all getting old but it's fun it's all about making music with our friends and playing <laughs> yeah, it, right? that's right yeah so. so can you guys see leading the blind going on into your 60s and, and beyond? Sheesh. We're <laughs> yeah. still alive, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and considering uh, Marty, you know, has now passed that threshold of the retirement. That's right. Um, I think Made that, it past 2020. I think it's going to be going on indefinitely. <laughs> We're just going to keep on doing this cycle of creation. Yep. So. Marty, I've seen you do a, a couple shows like where you're sort of on a chair. Oh, like yeah. he's in a chair. What, what's the deal with that? At first, I thought maybe you were injured. Uh, then somebody said you just like sitting on a chair or like kneeling or whatever well, you're doing. I kind of like was thinking about the whole concept of like a band and how you stand up and look at the crowd. Um, and I just thought 
why are we doing that? And granted, you know, we're supposed to be entertaining the crowd and that's why we're trying to engage the crowd. But you know what? I just like playing music with my friends. So I sit on a chair because who cares if you're standing or sitting? And then I just look at my friends and I'm playing music with them. And at times I'm like, look at this. I'm playing music with my friends. This is killer. And he's sitting down. Yeah, and the drummer's sitting down. Maybe I'll start standing. <laughs> Switch it up. So I just kind of was like thinking, you know, there's really no purpose of standing. Uh, you know, sometimes maybe you can rock harder if you're standing up. That's a possibility because I know that was my mentality back in uh, Rodney when we were playing at the Maritime acoustically. He wanted to sit down, and I'm like, no. <laughs> We got to rock out. We're going to stand. So I've now gone to the fact that you can rock just as hard sitting down as standing up. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, Especially maybe. me, because I'm not doing anything crazy while I'm standing except for standing. So I think we've unlocked the key to our potential longevity. We just keep him <laughs> sitting. He's going to keep going. He's going to be nice and comfortable. He could keep on writing tunes. I mean, someday it might be a recliner. <laughs> just kick back. So being a louder band, where's the, the quietest like place you've played? Have you played the full band in a, like a small coffee house before full volume? Well, deja vu, really, I would think. Yeah, I would guess that that would be the... Um, the biggest adjustment we've had to make yeah i don't we never played in a coffee shop did we not as ltb right mm -hmm. um but actually the first couple times we played at deja vu we were trying to tone it down a little bit and keep it a little more quiet we actually played acoustic guitars mm -hmm. the first you time your, uh, we had a gig there. Yep. yeah whatever you call those hot sticks or beef sticks or yeah little whatever whatever those hot are rods hot rocks unplugged yeah. sticks yep but then at some point you know yeah uh the owner kelly who's a great dude was like you don't need to do that you guys sound great it's not too uh, too loud and obviously they have great sound engineers there so plus yeah. kelly likes rock and roll absolutely so yeah so i I saw you guys play at Oktoberfest a few years ago. That was a fun time. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the street, but obviously it was back ways. When, when you play Oktoberfest, is it, I mean, you're playing in front of a lot of people that have never seen you before. Do you feel the need to kind of stack the set list a certain way to kind of appeal to everybody, or do you just kind of play the same old set that you would do even if you're playing in front of some of your seasoned fans? Well, actually this is kind of embarrassing but yeah we actually threw some covers in for the oktoberfest gig um because that is the kind of crowd that really attends oktoberfest um so let's not do that again <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean let's we do did, what we want we did uh we threw a couple of those in there but yeah i mean overall we just play our songs other than that and i think that yeah there may be like this historic viewpoint of you know like that's really what that fest is about but i think with Maui music's influence and there's been a lot more open-mindedness lately and people are more receptive to the original thing and i think our songs hold up so we yeah we have fun just turning up a little bit and letting them rip we're getting near the end of the show and you guys are going to play in a little bit but i want to mention just to make sure that i mention all your releases uh into the modern wasteland you had in through the red door and everywhere i've been and into the hollow 
If you ever have been, has my favorite lead in the blind song. Don't, don't, uh, this broke my pen. Uh, it starts out, uh, don't you know? I find myself walking around the house and singing that. And every time we play that on the station, I just before it starts, I can't help myself. It's like, don't you know? Cool. <laughs> Good stuff. And we've got a, a another caller here. Oh. You're on with Leading the Blind. What's your question? Hi. I was just wondering, do you prefer like the learning process of writing and learning new music? Or do you prefer more of the, the end outcome, like actually performing and playing music live? And is there anything that you dislike about the writing or learning process? Thanks. Hmm. I'm going to go with... Yeah, very good question. Yeah, back in the day, as a kid and writing songs, it was the coolest thing to write a song and you'd have a riff and you couldn't stop playing it. Mm -hmm. It was great, you know? It sounded so good. That, like, I've lost that. It doesn't... It's not the same as... You know what I mean? I get it. Um, sure. Don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I would say that maybe, like, still, the writing process and coming up with something that you think sounds cool is probably the best thing. And then the final product and actually performing it, um, boy, isn't as, you know, cool as, I mean, it's it's cool, but when you're just coming up with it and trying to figure it out, it's, um, and you come up with a cool phrase and it's like, oh, yeah, good one, Krieger. Yeah. You know, and then you hear, yeah, like what everybody else brings to the table from a riff or whatever. Like you hear the bass line come together, or you hear like what Mike does on a drum beat, and that's something like you would never have thought of. So it's that's a cool part of the process for sure. I, I love writing, I love like the first time you get through the song, like all the way through, yeah. you know, like right. in, in like there's so many near train wrecks, at, you know, going through it, but then like you get through it and you're just like, holy. Holy crap, yeah, right. it's done. And then <laughs> if you that. play it out, I, I think for all of us, like once you play out a new song, it's the song's done then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a cool feeling too, that puts a bow on it. So before we get to the live song, what's what's next for leading the blind? Well, I think we have a gig at Oktoberfest. We do, and we're playing Deja Vu the week prior to, I believe, September 10th, so oh, a couple weeks before that. We got two gigs! <laughs> so we're kind of, we're easing into it. I mean, it's um, the way that we are with being dads and being, you know, having careers and all that stuff. Um, like, very seasonal job for Mike for as far as, like, his bandwidth is concerned, so we have to, like, really pause in the winter months. And then obviously with COVID, it was weird and, you know, whatever. But we're still working on tunes, and we're going to pick it back up, kind of how we always do every year. It just sort of gets back into this cycle, like we've been talking about a bunch. So Yeah, yeah, keep, yeah we definitely need to uh, get back going and write Absolutely. some more tunes and recording some more tunes. So, yeah, we, we have to uh, record another, another album. Yeah. And hopefully we'll put it on vinyl. There you go. If people want to find out more about Leading the Blind, you can go to leadingtheblindrock.com. Also, you guys are on Facebook. And uh, going to play a little something for us today? All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. We should probably have our uh, headphones on for it, correct? Absolutely. Mike should tell a story while we get ready. Yeah, Mike, what story do you have? <laughs> uh, I, I don't have a story, per se. Um 
this is one of my first Saturdays off from work. I um, prior to last Saturday, I was working every Saturday. So, a shout out to all postal workers everywhere. Thanks for coming in on your day off and yeah, and doing this. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Andy, thanks for doing this show. Thanks for yeah, the pleasure. passion of yeah, music and. Uh, spending your time doing this is it's incredible i would echo that and then also shout out to all like bob and bear and everybody the whole crew of what you guys are doing on code zero radio we appreciate the support and you know not just us everybody you know all the bands that are out there and singer songwriters you guys are are helping out it's very cool thank you okay ready for this one we're all set huh hopefully you can hear all this real good but uh, this is called same old story huh so it's on the uh into the hollow dp same old story it brought me to my knees now i'm crawling Everywhere I go Every time I feel like Standing in the rain Why can't I Be sleepy stone And try to decide What you Searching for one like no other 
yeah same old story and i always clap for myself just so you know <laughs> that was awesome thank you for driving the bar way up to an unreachable height for future shows <laughs> marty patchy eric krieger mike st Clair. thank you so much for doing fox city's core on wczr and definitely go check out leading the blind you will not be disappointed thank you Andy. thanks andy have a good weekend, everybody.